You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. God has a plan. That's my title of my message today. And uh, we are in Romans, the 16th of the series of Romans that I'm doing. And uh, it's Romans 12. <clears throat> and the scriptures are taken from the New Living Translation today. I'll just read the first two verses to begin us. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. So if there's a kind that he will find acceptable, there is a kind that he will not find acceptable. Amen? This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Heavenly Father, make your word real to us today. Speak to us, Lord, from your scriptures. In Jesus' name, amen. God's will for you and for me is good, pleasing, and perfect. That's something to desire, isn't it? This is from God. Good, pleasing, and perfect. His plan for our lives is that we would know and follow his will. Our choices will play a large part in whether or not we will experience what God has planned for us in our lifetime. Let me say that again, just in case you were dreaming of something. Maybe your dinner or lunch. But uh, our choices, the choices we make, will determine whether or not we will enjoy and experience what God has planned for us in our lifetime. And the same applies for us as a congregation. The choices we make as a leadership, as as leaders and helpers of the different departments, will largely depend upon how By that, whether or not we will experience what God has planned for Kohle Community Church. Paul used the analogy of a a church as a body of Christ, made up of various members and each with an important function. We all have something to contribute to the church to God's kingdom. We're not independent of one another. 
We're not lone rangers. We are working together. We're interdependent. We need each other to fu- to, in order to fulfill God's purpose on this earth. Whatever gifting that God has given you and I, we need to, to pay attention to that and do everything we can to ensure that we're being the best that God intended us to be. But never to the point where we think, that everything hinges on me, or everything hinges on you. We are just one of the cogs in a great wheel. Amen? We need each other to, in order to fulfill God's purpose. Romans 12 is important to help us to fit into God's plan for us. You see, no person is an island unto themselves. Your actions affect someone else. The way I conduct myself, the things that I do, the things that I say, will affect others, and sometimes much more than it affects me. We need to take responsibility for our actions and let God change us. Let God transform us. The Bible is truth. The Bible is true. And the Bible says that when I became a born-again believer, when I believed on Jesus Christ, I became a new creature. And so I need to ask myself, is there any difference in me now than when I asked Christ to come into my life? The things that I do, the things that I say, the way I project myself. Am I representing Christ or am I still representing the world? Am I still being conformed to this world rather than to Jesus Christ? And let's never play the blame game. For the situation that you find yourself in, in life. Oh, it's because I never got a chance to get an education. I didn't get an education. But it wasn't because I didn't have the opportunity to. I was too lazy to apply myself when I was in high school. I dropped out. And I had to do it the hard way what they call the school of hard knocks. And so, the Bible says here, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Number one, a living sacrifice to God. As new believers, we have experienced changed lives, or we should. There has been a transformation in us And now we have different desires. I didn't have to give up a lot of the voices that that I was involved in. But there came a point in my Christian experience when I didn't want to do these things anymore. 
It wasn't appealing to me. I was a new person, a new man in Christ Jesus. And you know something? Those things that I loved to do before, it has no appeal to me whatsoever. It hasn't for years and years and years and years. Because Jesus Christ satisfies my every longing. We see ourselves now as gifted by God for service. We soon find that our habits and our attitudes are changing. We become more gracious with people. We have a greater capacity to love. The Bible calls it being transformed into the image of Christ. Verse 2 points to our attitude towards the unbelieving world. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. God can help you to think differently, to have a different attitude, to have a renewed mind. I cannot stress strongly enough the part that the Bible plays in this. I bet some of you are wondering, when is he going to get around to that? If you want to know the, word, the will of God for your life, go to the Bible. God has seen to it that we would have today 66 books that covers everything you could ever imagine that you will face in your lifetime. For your health, for your wealth, for your direction, for wisdom, everything that you need is in those 66 books. Some Christians would rather read a novel than pick up one of these books and read them. What we feed into our mind is foundational to everything we do in life. Now, there's a lot of nice, entertaining things that we have today available to us. I like to sit down and watch a movie. I like listening to nice music, like country and western once in a while. But if I'm continually feeding myself on that, that's nothing but garbage. I need the truth of God's word. I need to be living God's word in my life. When I'm sick, gun smoke is not going to help me get better. 
having a problem in my life or in my ministry. I'm not going to see what Matlock has to say about that. (laughs) The answers are in the Word. If I'm down to my last penny and I don't know where my food is coming from, I'm not going to some of those positive thinkers to get my answer. The answer is in the Word of God. The answer is in the Bible. You go to the Bible. You know what the Bible says. And it's a good thing to know what the Bible says ahead of time. I think I've got off track here a little bit. But this is how you know. This is how you know the will of God for your life. See, God's got a plan. I've entitled this message, God Has a Plan, because Romans 12 is a perfect plan for every man, woman, boy, and girl. If you will put this part into practice, you will find it easier to fit into God's plan. Because no one yet has ever arrived at what God had planned for them by ignoring the word of God. It's impossible. Because God's plan for you is his will for your life. And it goes way beyond. Just the spiritual. It goes into your your physical life and your spiritual life as well. A woman asked her pastor, Pastor, what does it mean to be a living sacrifice? He held out a a blank sheet of paper and replied, it's like signing your name at the bottom of this blank sheet and then saying, God, you fill in the rest. It's being able to say, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Now, if you're a man or a woman of the word, and you've been studying that word and and, and feeding on that word, there's a lot of things of the will of God that you will know for your life. You will be convinced. You will know for sure. But even then, there are times When we need to look to God, we need to pray, we need to say, Lord, I don't know how to handle this one. I don't know what to do in this situation. Living implies life as an everyday experience. Offering ourselves to God is not something we only do on Sundays. It's not just an emotional experience where we weep and cry at the altar and we say, oh Lord, I messed up, I'm so sorry. And and you begin to feel good as the Holy Spirit begins to minister to you and you have the assurance in your heart that you're forgiven. That's just a step 
towards being a living sacrifice for God. Offering yourself to God on a daily basis is what we need to do. It's a daily choice. You don't choose one day and just do something else the next day. You say, today, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house. A living sacrifice continues in action every day and every hour. It is considering all that we do as a continuous sacrifice of praise. Paul gives us the appropriate response for all that the Lord has done for us. Present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. This involves formal worship, praise, adoration to God in a place of worship, It's also an attitude of gratitude, being thankful for what God has done, displayed in a sacrificial obedience to God, saying, Lord, I'll be what you want me to be. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'm just yours. It expresses itself outwardly in whole life worship. We worship God in the workplace, in our relationship, in our relationships, our time our talent, our resources. Giving to the Lord. Saying, Lord, I'm yours. Paul said, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. How we treat our bodies is very important. The things we eat and drink, the places we go, the things we do, should bring honor to God. And if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're being convicted in your spirit, this is not the right place for me. Get out of there immediately. Even if it's embarrassing to you to get up and leave, get out. Because if you stay, you'll be doing damage to your soul. Secondly, Be on guard against pride in the body. Romans 12, 3, because of the privileges, privilege and authority that God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. One of the greatest dangers we face as we walk through this world is the sin of pride. We all have to deal with it. You know, and even when someone talks about you as a humble man, a humble woman, oh, that feels so good. (laughs) Don't let your head swell. The devil will take advantage of that and make you think you really are a humble person. (laughs) Paul is addressing this to all believers. With pride comes self-deception, thinking you are better than you really are. Thoughts come like, they are not as spiritual as I am. We are more spiritual than they are. My gifts and talents are superior to others. That is some of the nicer things 
that mess with our, a person's mind when we allow pride to enter in. Paul is addressing this to all believers. One Bible teacher put it this way. Some Christians believe that they are God's gift to the church. Some people actually believe that if they and their tithes and talents were removed from the, from the church, the life of the local church would cease. The church would cease to function. And the church, but the church will do fine without you or without me. That don't mean that you're not important. That don't mean that you're not needed in the church. But if you refuse to be used of God, God can find somebody else. You can't hold a church hostage because of your money, because of your talent, because of your standing, because of your credentials. We are all a part of the body of Christ. And if this church loses an arm, God's got another one to replace it. If this church uses, loses a tongue, God will find another one to preach his word. Those who prophesy Speaking in tongues and interpretation are or are using the gifts of healings are not more spiritual than the ones who serve. I want you to understand that. The person who served coffee this morning can be just as spiritual as the one who gives a message in tongues or a prophecy. God gives us gifts to bless the whole body. We are blessed to be a blessing. And if you are hiding your talent, shame on you. God didn't give you a talent. God didn't give you a gift to keep it to yourself. Pass it on. Matthew 10, 8 says, freely you have received, freely give. John spoke of such a person in, first John, in, in 3 John uh, uh, chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. He said, I wrote to the church about this. Diotrephes, who loves to be the leader, refuses to have anything to do with us. When I come, I will report some of the things that he is doing things he is doing, the evil accusations he is making against us. Not only does he refuse to welcome the traveling teachers, he also tells others not to help them. And when they do help, he puts them out of the church. Dear friends, don't let this bad example influence you. Follow only what is good. Remember that those who do good prove that they are God's children. And those who do evil prove that they do not know God. Whoa. Thirdly, 
We are the church. You and I are the church. This is the church gathered here today. And the church just flows like water throughout the community or like oil throughout the community. When the service is over today, we'll start going out of here and just like oil that's been spilled out is just flowing all over in all directions. You're going north, south, east, and west. The church is spreading all throughout the community. And that's where we need to be effective. This is where we get filled up. This is where we get restored and renewed. But then we go out there to be the real church. Paul will teach this again in, in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 12 to 27, and also in Ephesians and then in Colossians. In Romans 12, 4 to 21, he says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to one another. The church is a spiritual body made up of all believers in Christ. We need each other. We function best when we're all functioning for Christ. One body, many parts. The following verses emphasize that whatever gifts we may have are due to God's grace, and thus there is no room for pride. There is no room for boasting. Amen? We have what God intends us to have, and if we'll use that, God will bless it. The Bible says in verse 6, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. And so... Um, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, give them well, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If, you, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. <coughs> That's the thing about this flu. You never know when it's going to rear its ugly head. But praise the Lord, we've got the victory. Amen? Amen. Notice that he, he could have mentioned a vast number of gifts here, but he didn't. He just gave us these to illustrate his point. Now Paul turns to expressing genu genu genuine love for each and every one within the body. In 1 Corinthians 13, he declares that without love, these gifts are worthless. You hear me? Without love, these gifts are worthless. You can speak in tongues from the time you come in till you go out. If you don't have love and you don't show love to your neighbor, that's, Paul says, that's like a, 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 a what, a gong? Sounding gong, sounding gong and a tinkling cymbal. You know, just, 
If I had the drummer there, he could clash the cymbals there for you, let you know what it sounds like. So don't just pretend to love one another, he says. Here's the way to prove genuine love. Don't just pretend to love one another. Don't just go up to someone and say, I love you with the love of the Lord. <laughs> and then turn to your neighbor and say, I hate him. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring one another. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in your confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. That's love. That's showing love. When a Christian does you wrong, take the high road. Don't say, oh, if that's what the church is like, I'm not going back to church anymore. That's what the devil wants you to do. Take the high road. It's not always easy. It's not always the easy way, but it's the right way. Because God's way is always the right way. Amen? God has given us some instruction here through Paul to help us in our everyday life. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. It's amazing what God will do. When someone has hurt you, when someone has assassinated you with words, and you feel so hurt and so cut and so bruised, and the things go on in your mind that you would like to do with that person, You'd like to take them by the neck and screw their head around and around and around. <laughs> but instead of that, God says, pray for them. I mean, genuinely pray for them. Lord, bless my sister. Bless my brother. They're your child too. You love them just as much as you love me. things would be a whole lot different. It would be different for me if I would do that when someone hurts me. I would get over it a lot faster. I would have the joy of the Lord a lot quicker and more abundant in my life. But sometimes we allow some of those silly things that happen to hinder us for months before you know it, a year is gone and you've been living on Cloudy Street instead of Sunshine Avenue. Get out of there. Get released. And look at my time is gone. It's not always the easy way, but it's the right way. These things, these are some of the practical instructions designed to help us in our walk with God. As verse 2 says, let me say it again, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you in a new, by, uh, into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Don't give up on God. 
Because he never gives up on you. Delay is not denial. Be patient. Let him work out his plan and his purpose. God can break every difficult situation that you come across in life. When answers don't come immediately, fight the urge to become impatient and to fix it yourself. Oh, I have to do that a lot. So many times I feel pressured into dealing with situations that in my heart I know, Lord, I've got to wait. I still got to wait. I don't have the answer. If I do something today, it's going to be me and it's not going to be good. Don't give up. Don't quit. Never mistake God's silence for inaction. God's got a time. God's timing is perfect. Even when it seems he has not heard or will not answer, he's never late. He's always on time. And if you wait for him, you'll be glad you did. He will answer in his time, and his time is the right time. Remember, he has a plan. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for this church. Nothing is too difficult for him. Are you willing to meet the conditions that God has laid out for you through Paul in Romans chapter 12? I'm going to tell you, 2019 is going to be a good year, if that would be your resolution. So in conclusion, Romans 12 is so clear that it needs very little expository. And I'm, going to choo I'm choosing to let verses 17 to 21 speak for itself. This is my conclusion. The Christian way is to do the right, even when you've been wronged. Right? Okay, here it is, verse 17. Never pay back evil with evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Verse 18. Do, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Verse 19, dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to, to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Verse 20, instead, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If they are thirsty, give them drink. Give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. They will be ashamed of their actions if you will follow God's way of handling the situation. Don't let evil, verse 21, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. 
We all want God's plan for our lives. But how many of us are willing to follow his instructions? Here's what we have learned. We are God's church, which is the body of Christ. Each one of us are a part or members of this body. Each of us have a special function to play within this body. And when we all do our part, the result is a healthy church. Let's ask ourselves two questions. What kind of church would CLCC be if every member were as committed as I am? That's something to ponder for each one of us. What kind of a church would Coal Lake Church be if everyone was doing what I'm doing in their gifting? I'm not talking about the same gift. Are, are you being faithful to your gift? Am I being faithful to my gift? If we are all being faithful to what God has gifted us with, what kind of church would this be? When we all do our part, the result is a healthy church. Let's determine this year that I'm going to do my part. Let's not look at the numbers. Say, oh, if we had a few more, if we had... 20 more people. Well, know something? If we get down to business and start doing what we should be doing, it wouldn't be long before there'd be 20 more people, there'd be 40 more people, there'd be twice as many people as are here this morning. But while we all drag our heels, fold our arms, and wait for something good to happen, Nothing's happening. We can begin by coming out to prayer tonight. Amen? Everybody needs to hear the Dutch Sheets teaching on prayer. If you get nothing else out of it, if you can only come and listen to the Dutch Sheets and then go and pray on your way home, that'll be awesome. Let's ask ourselves, would we be a growing church or would we be a declining church? The church is what we as members are as members, no more, no less. We can be a sickly bunch of people that causes visitors to feel sick when they come among us. Or we can be a lively group, showing our love and appreciation to everyone that comes in here. I think we're doing pretty good, but I think we can do a lot better. What about you? Amen? I am positioning myself, according to Romans 12, for God to feel, fulfill his plan in my life. How about you?
Amen? Well, guys, thank you for your patience. And uh, may the Lord really bless you today. Come back again this evening. We're going to have a time. Now, it's not going to be a time of jumping and shouting. It's a time of sincere prayer before the Lord. And uh, we're going to ask God, what, what, is the, what do the things say? Where is my, what you know? Have I got it here? Yes, I've got it. I think I've got it. Here's the insert. You all read the insert, I'm sure. For tonight, personal reflection, confession, and repentance. Getting our hearts right with God, not saying, oh, I'm okay, but I know that, you know, I know the camera needs to pray, so, you know, like, I uh, hope he's there. But every one of us, we come together. There's not one of us here without a fault. Every one of us needs to renew ourselves in the Lord, renew ourselves in the Holy Spirit. With that, I'm going to stop because I'll be going again. <laughs> Lord bless you, folks. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today. I trust, Lord, that you've spoken to our hearts, and Lord, and that we are going to adhere to what you're saying to your church by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.